Amen. Y'all, please thank the Regen Band with me. Dude, that is an embarrassment of riches. I know we've said this before, not a single person up there receives a single penny for what they just did. They come here on Monday nights because they love the Lord and love y'all and just to lead us in praise. And behind them is a team back here that's doing lights and sound and mixing and microphones and all that. And you'll never see them, uh, just like humble servant leaders as they're back there. Uh, my name is John Elmore, I have a new life in Christ. I'm recovering from alcoholism, fear of man, and this past week, I would say finding comfort in creation rather than the creator. Hey everybody, good to be with you here at Regeneration. Welcome, this is a biblically-based, Christ-centered 12-step program, and there's probably 50 people in the room that have never been here before, and we welcome you, most of all, frankly. It takes a lot of guts to walk through these doors, and so welcome here. As Bryce kicked us off last week, we started a new series on idols. So you can see with the graphic there, there's something above that looks a little different below. And it's, it's the iceberg. It's something, there's, there's the fruit that we see, but then there's a root beneath that's growing all of that. There's something there deeper within. And so as we walk through idols that he set up, now we're gonna begin unpacking the four source idols that we would see as um, power, control, acceptance, and one that has been like way too ingrained in my heart and still continues to creep in, as I just confessed, is comfort. And so tonight we're gonna to be talking about comfort. And um, there's a strange passage in 1 Corinthians 10. And Paul's writing to the Corinthians, and at this point in time, there would have been fashioned idols that were there that they would have worshiped, like household gods, temple gods. You know, if they couldn't make it to the temple, they had the little home one, and they'd make their offerings to it. And Paul says, hey, I don't want you to have fellowship with idols. And then he says, an idol is nothing. It's just wood, stone, like there's, there's nothing in idol. But what's behind an idol are demons. And I don't want you to have fellowship with demons. And I say that, what Paul said earlier, because there's a theology, there's a reality behind idols. Satan's always wanted worship. He wasn't originally like the demon of all demons. He was an angel. He was, he was the guardian angel. The only time that it's used in scripture, there's the cherubim, the seraphim, there's Michael, the archangel, who's like wars on behalf of God. There's Gabriel, messenger angel. And then we've got Lucifer, who said he was the guardian angel who was there around the throne of God. He fell because of his pride. And then, so pride like wanting to be worshiped. He wanted to be exalted. In Isaiah 14, there's the five I will statements. He says, I will ascend. I will make my throne like God, like the most high. He's like, no, not enough that I would serve you. I wanna be like you. I wanna be you. I want your job. And so God casts him down and then, you see him in the garden, and he gets Adam and Eve, you know, to, to take his bait, question God, does God really have your best in mind? No, you know, in fact, if you eat like that, you won't need God, you'll be God. It wasn't a fall, it was a coup. He tried to get them to do what he himself was falling privy to. Then you see him in the garden, or rather the desert, tempting Jesus. He does tempt him in the garden as well, but there in the desert, he tempts him, and one of the things he says he says, he shows his cards, he shows his hand. He says, if you'll just fall down and worship me, I'll give you all this. You don't have to go to the cross. I'll give you all the kingdoms. 
He shows his cards. He wants worship. He's just craving it insatiably. He wants to be God. God, as, as his created, we rightly give him our worship. And Satan's like, well, if I can't be God, then I'll get the worship from the created in another way. I will get them to worship me. Now, they're not crazy enough to just worship an outright demon, so I'll get them to worship other things. What's, what's behind the idol, the object of worship, is a demon. And so I'm just gonna draw them off sides. I will get that worship, but it's gonna come through something with the demon on the other side. And so, you know, Old Testament times, still in Hindu culture, you're gonna see like fashioned gods. I've been to Trinidad where they have a, the god of Hanuman, which is the monkey god, it's 70 feet tall. And they're straight up worshiping it. But then here in the Western culture, if we think of like, oh, that, that's like so crazy. I mean, the reason why I held up my phone is this, this can be a source of an idol in my life. Um, we have all sorts of things that are idols. And God says in his scriptures, 1 Corinthians 10, what's behind that idol is a demon. He's still receiving our worship that should only be given to God. And the one we're going to key on on tonight is, is comfort. And when we were going through these, I was like, oh, dude, Bryce, like, I gotta, I, if we're gonna like split these up, I gotta go comfort, because that's like my ditch. That's my go to. And specifically, it's alcohol. And I, I, I rip off this phrase from AA because it was like, when I heard it, I'm like, yes, it's that. They'll say in AA, if you're a friend of Bill, they'll say, alcohol wasn't my problem, alcohol was my solution. And that made so much sense to me. I was like, dude, alcohol is not my problem. Alcohol is how I fix anything. If I'm stressed, alcohol. If I'm bored, alcohol. Insecure, alcohol. Anxiety, alcohol. Want to celebrate, alcohol. Lonely, alcohol. Depressed, alcohol. It's my go-to. It's not my problem. It's my solution. Whereas everybody else would look at it and be like, dude, that's your problem. Porn is your problem. Sex is your problem. Relationship addiction is your problem. Food is your problem. And you're like, food's not my problem. Food's my solution. That's what I go to for my comfort. When I feel discomfort, I know a really quick way. I get a bottle of Dewar Scotch and I'm comforted. All of it goes away. And I was a comfort addict. I didn't ever want to feel any kind of discomfort. And I knew I could make my discomfort go away. I wasn't an idiot. I'd work hard during the day, and then I'd be like, all right, now I got discomfort. I know how to cure it. Insecure around girls, chameleon at work with my clients. I know how to make that go away. Alcohol, find comfort. And it still is the case, like with NyQuil. Anything that has a, sed a sedative effect in, for me, um, food can be that for me. There's all sorts of things. I'll unpack them a little bit more, but those things that bring me comfort because they fix my problems. They, they take away that discomfort and give me ease. So here's the definition of comfort. A state of physical ease and freedom from pain or constraint. The easing or alleviation of a person's feelings of grief or distress. Like, I don't want to be grieved or distressed. And so I just found something that's really quick. Ogden Nash said, candy's dandy, but liquor's quicker. And I was like, yeah, that, that's it. Like, I just have something that can numb me out from whatever I'm experiencing. But hear me say, that was just mine. Like, it can be food, drugs. Like, weed was always, that was one of those things too. 
pharmaceuticals can be that. Like maybe you had some surgery, you got some pills, and then that feeling that it gave you, and man, you still kind of kind of got a little pain. Advil probably do the trick, but now you've got an excuse. You've got a script for it. And so pharmaceuticals can be that. That's like a rampant problem right now. You're not the only one. Significant others can be that. Well, you just always have a boyfriend because that gives you comfort than not for the loneliness, for the anxiety, for the feeling of self-worth. Sex can be that absolutely with, with porn, like there's that escape, the way the Lord has wired our bodies and our minds, the endorphins, the dopamine, all that rush that comes from an orgasm. We're all adults, talking adults, like that comes from pornography or sex. Like that can be your go-to comfort thing. God's gift that's good, now we're using it in an unholy way just to find comfort in an escape. And so there's all these different ways. C.S. Lewis writes this, in the weight of glory, it would seem, it's on the screen, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink, sex, ambition, when infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Acts 17 says that we were made by God in him, in him, in him, we live and move and have our being. We were made by God, that God-shaped void, and only he can fill it. But yet we like dabble with these things that give us that momentary relief but end up just poisoning us and killing us. And so I want to tell you what this looked like in my life. Quitting drinking without God was horrific. When my, my family, my friends, my drinking buddies, when they're like, you have a drinking problem. I tried quitting just like, Without God, like, all right, I know I got a problem. I went to AA, and I just stopped. And it looked like nightmares, like horrific, like horror movie nightmares. Uh, I was paranoid. Like, I thought people were going to drive through walls and kill me, like, out of my mind. Manic, like, high highs and low lows. I remember I'd text a buddy, and they're like, man, I'm on a 24 upper. I'm on a 48 upper, like, because I'd have these highs and then just crash, Insomniac, I stopped sleeping, I stopped eating, weighed like 20 pounds less than I do now. I was just crazy, like I was coming undone. And uh, I'd gone mad. It was horrible, because what had happened is, I was just a baby that they took the Passover away from. Like the thing that gave me peace, the thing that pacified my soul, it was just taken away from me, and I'm just crying and flailing, because I had no replacement peace. You had taken my functional peace and not given me true peace, and so I'm just like this sober but angry, defiled, like still after women and all that, just a wreck of a man. Tim Keller has rightly said, you will know an idol by its ability to break your heart. When I, like, when alcohol was taken out of my life, I came undone, unhinged, unglued. I was a madman, and that idol you, you saw it like, oh, he's like caving and collapsing. He is imploding because you took away his idol, and I was. Now here, quitting drinking with God was amazing. So for like probably three weeks, I was quitting without God, like just all that coming undone. And then I get on my knees by the couch that I was sleeping on in my, my fraternity brother's apartment, 
surrender my life to God. And y'all, like, (laughs) it's not that, I mean, we don't believe that you like become perfect. So I don't want to like overstate this and be like, okay, you don't have any more problems or anything. But I went from depressed to full of joy. I went from like so manic and, and paranoid to I just had peace. I went from hatred, like hating some of the people that were around me and what they had done to me, to love and compassion and forgiveness. I went from such a like prideful, arrogant jerk to humble and seeking other people's forgiveness. I started being honest, which was radical for me. As a, like a lying chameleon, I, like, I used to hide my AA book and then I trusted Jesus and I started to put my AA book like right there on the like TV stand for everybody to see. Because I'm like, I'm, I'm done hiding. Like hiding got me in a really bad place and I'm gonna tell everybody. And AA books, by the way, dude, I don't know who invented this. It's blue and in gold lettering. It says Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm like, that's not very anonymous. <laughs> like carrying my book, like what you got there? Oh, nothing. But all of a sudden, God flooded me with healing and oh, a purpose. Like before, I was just like aimless. Like, I don't know. I guess I need to get a good job and try to make as much money as I can and have as much fun as I can and women and status and cars. And I guess that's the end. And it was all in vain. And then with God, I'm like, oh, it's really simple. Know God, make him known. That's it. Love him, love others. That's it. That's so easy and so fulfilling. Like, like a dog chasing his tail in this way, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I, I have purpose in life. And, it, and I wasn't in like, I was still in my sales job. I wasn't in ministry. Don't be like, oh yeah, you have purpose because you're in whatever. No, I was in sales, and I had purpose because of God. Because of this verse. It's 2 Corinthians 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, listen, and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions. So you had noun, God of all comfort, his name. Now you're gonna get verbs, who comforts us in all of our afflictions. Why? So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. He's like, I'm gonna comfort you, and I'm gonna comfort others through you. Your, your region leaders, whoever's gonna lead you tonight, whether first-time guest, groundwork, or step group, they sat where you sat. They weren't always leaders. They were participants, like train wreck participants. And now, he's comforted them. They're gonna comfort you. You're gonna confess something about comfort or an idol. They're gonna pray for you. And God, by his spirit, is gonna comfort you. With the comfort with, we, with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, like that's the reality of this life. Trials, tribulation, persecution, suffering, sickness, affliction. So through Christ, we share abundantly in comfort too. In case you didn't catch the theme of the verse, six times, I don't know why I held up a three. Six times, you're like, he's still drunk. Six times, it says comfort. It's like God of all comfort. Who comforts us? Comfort those. Comfort with which? Comforted by God. Comfort too. It's all comfort. And here's the Greek word. The Greek word is parakaleo. That sound familiar to anybody? It's the name of the Holy Spirit. The paraclete, the comforter, the counselor, 
the encourager, the strengthener. That's what God does. We go to these creature comforts to try to like satisfy. We end up becoming addicted to them like a baited hook, like, oh, it tastes good in the moment. And then it's just like, got you. And then God's like, no, no, I'm the comforter. Don't fall in love with that. Fall for me. Like, I will comfort you. The parakaleo, you know, comfort and encourage us. So here's the exercise that I want all of you to do. I've got it in my phone on one of those notes. There's two things. This is, again, a Tim Keller like, guy, like, he's dialed in, man, especially on idols. He's got these things he called functional saviors, and then he's got affection stirs. So a functional savior, which sounds a little blasphemous, right? Like, wait, there's only one savior. Why are you saying that? Functional savior is something that will fulfill a function or a need in the moment. Like, it'll give you what you want, but it'll be fleeting, life-taking instead of life-giving, and it'll ultimately be poisonous, even in its pleasure. And so a functional savior for me, of course, like a bottle of scotch, like that'll give me peace in the moment, two hours, three hours of peace, but it's gonna be life-taking ultimately and all that. But there's other functional saviors in my life. I've been sober for 15 years now, but here's some functional saviors in my life still. Binge eating. Like, I will knock out, you know how Oreos are divided in rows of three? I'll straight up eat a third, just right there, five minutes flat. If I have a glass of milk, maybe more. And you might be like, oh, really? Get a real problem. I'm here for some serious stuff, and you're talking about eating Oreos? You're, you're such an idiot. Like, you have no idea who you're... But the reason why I talk about Oreos is because if I'm just looking at the top of the iceberg and that's where alcohol is, I'm not looking at the idol of comfort beneath. And that's why I confess, man, I had a sleeve of Oreos or I, or I ate three bowls of cereals because it's the same idol with the same demon behind it that I'm worshiping, that I'm giving into. Like, that's why I'm like, dude, cereal, like it matters. Because overeating is a thing for me. It's the same idol of comfort that I always drank with. It's the same thing. And so for me, another one with comfort would be oversleeping, hitting snooze, having a critical spirit. Man, I'll talk bad about somebody else because it'll make me feel like I'm somehow better. Instagram scrolling, just like escaping reality, just thumbing for hours. Vegging on movies that might not even be, dude, I just watched season seven of Alone. I watched people eating rabbits for hours on end. That's weird. Escape from reality. Sweets can be the same thing. So I've got my functional saviors, and you should make a list, like functional saviors on one side, so that you know these are the things I go to for my comfort. These are the things. These are my ditches. This is what I run to instead of Jesus. And then on the other side of the list, you put affection stirs. These are the things that stir up my affections, not for the functional saviors, but for the things of God. And so on that list, I've got Anything in creation, just being outside in God's creation. Loud, new worship music. For some reason, if I listen to a worship song that's two years old, it's like lame to me. But if it's new, it like stirs up my affections for God. Walking through a cemetery, it reminds me of the brevity of life. Creating or fixing something. Drawing, painting, praying out loud. Journaling how God has saved me. Which I haven't done enough as of late. And so... Um, you need to make that list and know what yours are. Functional saviors versus those things that stir your affections for God. And here's the reason why. is because, and I'm not telling you you can't eat cereal. 
or that you shouldn't eat Oreos. Like, it says otherwise, in, er, otherwhere, in 1 Timothy 6, that God richly gave us everything for our enjoyment. We're not Buddhist. Like, it's okay. Like, he gave us taste buds and, and senses that we can see beauty and feel touch and taste something and listen to the pleasant. Like, he gave us all that so that we would reflect the glory to him and not worship the created. But you got to know, like, where you're tending to start to worship and fall into that ditch, what those things are, so that you can know that idol Give him thanks for the good, but worship him alone. You're going to hear tonight from Stephanie, who has been comforted by the comforter, the God of all comfort, so that she may comfort those in any affliction with the comfort she herself has received from Christ. So, if you would now, please welcome up our sister, Stephanie. Stephanie.